0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. Our special guest today is Lizette Sutherland. Lizette is an author and keynote speaker helping people work remotely successfully. She's also the founder of the online community Virtual Team Talk. Hello, Lizette. Thanks for joining us. Hello.
1: I'm co founder, actually. I co founded with Pilar and Mark Kilby. But I just want to shout out to them because okay. uh, they were.
0: Perfect. So it,
1: was a, it was a collaborative effort for sure. But yeah, that's a fun group. It's lasted a long sure. time. It's
0: Pilar Orti and Mark Kilby. Yeah, they're they're also good friends and well known in the community of hybrid and remote working, which is what that's all about.
1: Totally. In fact, you know, I met Pilar almost ten years ago. I interviewed her for the podcast. And I was doing it because I was researching my competitors and I wanted to see what they were doing. So I thought, oh, I'll just sneakily invite them on my podcast and see what's up. You know, you can find out a lot of information in an hour. But I liked Pilar so much that we became friends. And then we decided like, well, there's no need to be competitors. There's enough work for everybody. So why don't we just collaborate together and have more fun and uh, create a bigger market? And that's what we did. It was a, it was a much better path. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna share my sponsorship message. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by me. <laughs> to support this podcast, visit my website, com. Lizette, tell me about your podcast.
1: Well, my podcast is Collaboration Superpowers. It's stories of remote teams doing great things. And at the beginning, we were really just trying to highlight people who were, I mean, because in the beginning, the remote workers were the weirdos, right? The digital nomads. And like, we were sort of this like weird cult off in the off in the distance. But then since the pandemic, it became really mainstream. So in the beginning, we were really highlighting the teams that were working remotely and what they were doing and sort of the great things they were doing. And now it's turned more into how do teams transition to the hybrid mode? Because that's like the whole world is transitioning to hybrid now. So we've just sort of switched the focus a little bit, or I'd say, lasered in on a different topic.
0: Right. All right. All right. Um, And that's where I usually ask, is there anything else you would add on to that introduction that I gave? (laughs) Is there anything else to add on?
1: No, I would just say. The
0: virtual team talk group.
1: Yeah, we've been, uh, no, we've been busting people. I always like to say we're busting people out of day prison for the last 10 years. So uh, that's what I call sort of the office, the mandated office structure, and I called it that in the very beginning as a joke, but then it just sort of stuck. So it feels like a a day prison to me. So we're liberating the workers.
0: That's so funny, <laughs> busting people out of the day prison of their 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 jobs, and their their workplaces, and we were uh, we were we were we were reminiscing about the olden days of music and punk rock and post punk music and. And it, it seems like it's very aligned with this sort of uh, "do it yourself, take it to the man" kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's interesting. It was all it was all about take it to the man. But it, it's it's uh, I would have to say it's more do it yourself and freedom is really the main theme there. Because nobody wants remote work. Like it's not that everybody's a remote work evangelist, but everybody wants freedom, and you know, to be treated like a professional. So I think. In the punk scene, it was also that people just wanted more freedom and to be treated justly by society. I think everybody can yeah. long for that.
0: Yeah, I, I love the way you say that. I think, uh, I think you just taught everybody who's who's my age or our age. I'm not really sure how old you are.
1: Forty seven. Everybody who's, I'm who's not my age. To admit it. All right, all right.
0: You're, you're younger. Me than, you're way younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody who's about this age, I guess. You just you just you just taught us what, what that whole punk and post-punk movement was all about freedom really freedom
1: and I would and, say justice and, and, and being your... like justice for, yeah, yeah like justice for everybody because you know especially in the US that was that's a that's been a theme since the punk days and remains a theme today but that's a whole other topic
0: <laughs> totally all right so so this podcast is about teams and I like to ask people uh, to to share about the best team they've ever been a part of in their life right? And this could be a work team. It could be a not work team. Uh, Any group of two or more people aligned with shared goals. What is your best team ever?
1: I found this such a difficult question. Really, I found this such a difficult question. And I actually went back and just looked at my work teams that I worked with just to see like, oh, yeah, because now I've been in the workforce for a long time, a number of years under my belt. And I was looking at the old teams and it's very difficult to make that decision because from every team that I've worked on, the one thing that I've noticed is that I still have lasting friendships to this day from the very beginning. I mean, uh, when I started my career, I was uh, doing environmental work for an engineering firm called CH2M Hill, and I worked with Canadian Dave That's not his real name. I called him Canadian Dave. Uh, He is from Canada. But to this day, we're still friends. Like he came to my honeymoon. He, you know, like he's just been one of my best friends to that day. Also, like the next team, like I'm still in touch with somebody from every team that I've worked on. So it's really hard to decide. But I would have to say that my best team ever was the Happy Melly team that I worked on and that, Happy Melee. yeah, the Happy Millie and slash management 3.0 team. And I would say that I went through a, a number of iterations, but what I liked about that team so much was one, there was so much freedom. Like you could work whenever, like nobody even asked about your schedule. It wasn't a, it wasn't an issue. So that for me was very appealing. But the other thing that was so appealing was how much experimentation that we did on the team because it was headed at the time by Jurgen Apollo. You know who's very well known in the agile and the management space. He was constantly trying new things on that team, and you know at one point it was a little exhausting because we're like, oh man, another experiment. Can't we just work? On the other hand, looking back on it, it was a ton of fun, and the way that we did it, where we iterated and really learned from every iteration, was really eye opening and powerful. And uh, we st- I still have relationships. In fact, Tahira, who works on the management 3.0 team, she is also my accountant today because I just couldn't live without her. So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what what is what, what is Happy Melly?
1: Happy Melly was an umbrella organization back in the day. It sort of morphed into a, a variety of things, but at the time it was an umbrella organization who was collect who that was collecting companies who were trying to make people happier at work. And so it was uh, started like myself and Collaboration Superpowers was there, Jason Little from Lean Change, Sergey uh, from Workshop Butler, like uh, we all started under that umbrella. And the idea was to, uh, we, we were companies that shared the same values of freedom and happiness and thought that there could be more happiness in the workplace. And so while we're building our companies, why don't we help each other out and grow the ecosystem bigger with each other, like we're all startups, we're all in various phases, but we each have individual resources that we can use to help each other. So it was like a super mini incubator without any money. <laughs> but every business in that incubator succeeded, you know, like Lean Change, Workshop Butler, Jurgens Projects, Collaboration Superpowers. It did all work in the end.
0: All right. All right. So so taking yourself back to the Happy Melly team. Um if, if you could summarize what that team felt like to you in one word, what's your one word?
1: Oh, my God. That is so hard. It was hard to narrow it down to what it felt like in general. But okay, one word, I'm going to call it symbiosis.
0: Symbiosis, yeah, okay. And, and, what, do you and mean? I
1: mean by, what I mean by that is that we were better together than we were apart so with like with we had a, in that way we had a symbiotic relationship. So everybody was fine on their own. We each had our own individual skills, but together as a team, we were way more than the sum of our parts. So that's what I mean by symbiosis. It was it was just better. So I think, and that's kind of what you're going for with a team, right? It's like,
0: yeah, totally, totally better together than individually, uh, and, and probably better better than. You know, if it were five people or 10 people, it's better than five or 10 people's worth of creativity or energy. It's like multiplicative, right? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's funny. It reminds me of this story. It wasn't the same team, but it was um, back when I was working at CH2M Hill. We were cleaning up... Uh, contaminated sites uh, all throughout the Central Valley of California. And for every site that we were cleaning up, we had to submit these regular reports to the regulatory agency. And we were doing like 30 or 60 sites at a time. So, and this is back in the day when you weren't sending it via PDF, you like printed the physical report and had it shipped to the regulatory agency. So we just had every quarter boxes and boxes of these reports went. In any case, they were really boring reports. We, I don't even, we weren't sure if they were getting read. They just had to be, you know, it was just part of the requirement. But in any case, somebody on the team was happened to be a professional photographer, and he actually loved going out to all of these sites and, like, checking on them and making, like, updating and stuff. And he saw these reports, and he's like, you know, we could make these reports so much better if I just took a photo of every site and we used the photo of the site on the cover. It would also help the regular, regular regulator uh, understand what was going on that's the kind of thing that happens when you have a magic team, right? Like this guy could have done nothing and it would have been fine. Those reports would get submitted. Nobody would have even thought about it, but he was like, you know, extra initiative. How about I take the pictures? You know, like we make them pretty. And it was that, that's the kind of magic I think you want on the team. And that's what I mean by symbiosis.
0: Yeah. 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 Like in that case, I here's something I love doing and I have a skill. And wouldn't it be cool if?
1: Yeah, and why don't we enhance what we're already doing with uh, great covers so they're not so boring, and it helps the regulator, you know, like look at the data and like, oh, here's a picture of the site on the cover. That also helps. Like, it was just such a, it was just such a great team. Like, every, and then when you have everybody doing stuff like that, that's you know, that's where the innovation happens, right? One person's like, oh, I'll take pictures. The other person's like, ooh, I'll, I mean, I don't know, use pretty paper or I'll, you know. Make the fonts nice. I don't know. But, you know, you always have somebody contributing something. And at the end, we had these stellar reports. And actually, we had great success with it. They loved it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Anyway.
0: And, yeah. And, and somebody even read them. Yeah.
1: Somebody may have even read them. Exactly. <laughs> we hope. Now you would just transmit the data electronically. But, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the the Happy Mali team, or, or, or this team that was doing the, the cleanup in Central Valley of California... Uh how do you know that it's a great team, subjectively? What, what are some 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 sensations or their feelings or qualitative qualitative uh, senses that this was a great team?
1: I'd say the one thing is, uh, we all felt excited to work together. Right. So it was like it's not like you get up every day like, woohoo, let's get this party. So like, you know, that's not normal. But it was still like there was still very motivating to be with these people because everybody was doing their job. And you wanted to be part of the group of people that was doing their job. Like you wanted to also be competent in the group. It's like, you know, it's uh, if you're if you're on a team with a group of slackers. You know, my friend, my friend Magda was actually saying this to me the other day. She's like, at work, everybody's kind of in charge of their own projects. Nobody really cares or checks in if the projects are getting done or if anything's happening on them. And she's like, you know, I try to move the ball forward every week a little bit. Like, that's not what I want on my team. I don't want, I don't want somebody like, "Ah, I guess if since I can, you know, since I don't want to totally not do anything, I guess I'll move the ball forward. Like, I want somebody pushing the ball (laughs) forward. You know, like. So, yeah, so I think that was the quality that, one, we were excited about the work, and we sought each other out. It's like even in our free time, we were kind of like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Or, you know, it's like if you're at work and you want to go out for drinks after work with people. You know, like you only do that with a certain, certain people. You know, some people you just don't connect with. Yeah, you're just like, that's the last thing I want to do is go have drinks at a bar. You know, (laughs) like, no, 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 no.
0: Uh, how about objectively? We, we shared uh, You shared the idea that every one of the little companies that was part of Happy Melly ended up being successful. What else do you have for objective ways to observe that this was a great group?
1: Well, what I wrote down when I was preparing for this was uh, that we smashed our goals and we had fun. So I know that so objectively we were uh, the results spoke for themselves, I would say, especially on the Happy Melly team. So objectively, I would say, like, if you're not collecting metrics on your team, uh, I, w- I would start setting that up right away. And, and actually, in Jurgen's book, Managing for Happiness, he has a whole chapter on the scoreboard index that I can recommend for how to set up, how to start setting up metrics for your team. Because if there's anything I've learned about setting up metrics is that they move constantly. Like what you want to collect, how you collect it, the details, everything—it's never the same from from month to month if you're doing it right. I think so. Okay. Uh,
0: so for for Happy Melly, what were some of the goals and what were some of the measurements?
1: Well, we had uh, you know specifics. I'm not going to remember so clearly, but we had OKRs that we set up with Happy Melly, and so we would have the the ultimate goal, and it was usually um, at the time. Uh, if I can focus on Management 3.0, for example, there was a number of facilitators that they wanted to achieve. So we would have a goal of a number of facilitators. And then everybody would come up with their own ways of like, how do I contribute to the organization so that in the end, we get all these facilitators. And we would check in every month on these goals. And then Jurgen had a whole metric spreadsheet that we would check in every Monday on like social media and you know, followers and just like who's downloading things, how many people are on the mailing list. So just that we would look at the numbers as a team every week. And I think, you know, if you're working together as a team and you like each other and you like the work that you're doing, you're going to be going in the right direction. But if you're not measuring it, then you're a little directionless. You know, like you're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, I feel, and seeing what works. So I think what we had was we had a very clear direction, a very strong sense of value and community, and then metrics to back up our assumptions.
0: And I'm, I'm suddenly panicking, like, oh, I should be metricing my little boutique consulting company. I should be. There should be a dashboard and some data that we're collecting. I think we're going in the right direction, but... <laughs>
1: I mean, as a business owner, I've been working with a business coach for the last three years now on a weekly basis and uh, setting up our metrics. And uh, when you get your metric system set up, the what I love about it so much is that you can start to really make decisions based on data. So that's the, that's the part that I like the most because there's some things that you're like, oh, I would have set that up differently. But because I measured along the way and was iterating along the way, you know, just ended up in a... I think uh, the thing that I can recommend for everybody is uh, getting a coach who helps you look at metrics and keeps you accountable. So, because I know I have a virtual personal trainer, actually, and I'm all rambly. I apologize. But I have a virtual personal trainer, an actual coach, and he assigns me workouts via an app. But he checks on if I'm doing them or not via the iWatch so he can see if I'm actually doing the workout. And then I get a little like encouragement from him, like real, from a real life person. And so I just like the idea of, yes, you can, you can, um, uh, what do I want to say? You can automate things, right? You can collect all the numbers, but if you don't have a human guiding and looking at it along the way, uh, it's just not, you know, it's still good start there, but like, I would also get a human to guide along the way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. I love this advice.
1: <laughs> if you need my coach, I'm happy to bring <laughs> I'm gonna, a him.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take, take some of this advice. Is there anything else objectively about the Happy Melly team uh, that, that an outsider would notice about uh, what went into its its greatness?
1: Um. So this is going to sound a little bit odd. So a couple, one thing that I think there's two things that I think went into that. One is we had a team agreement from the start, and that was really a strong foundation for how the team worked. Is we actually sat down and outlined how we were going to work together, what was going to happen when conflicts came up. You know, it was like a prenuptial agreement. So you like you're going to talk about how you're going to behave when emotions run high before their emotions run high, right? So we had like a first, you have to go and talk to the person one on one. Um, Then you can escalate it to a public channel maybe, or if you really are having trouble, we we would hire an outside facilitator to come in and facilitate the conversation with the team. Um, So a really strong team agreement. So that was one thing. And the other thing would be that we had a remote office manager. And I want to be careful here because I was the remote office manager, but I don't think it was because of, it wasn't that it was me, but it was the fact that we had that role in the team. Because there was somebody who was scheduling when the team agreements needed to be reviewed. I was keeping the Google Drive file organization system, you know, because if you're not looking at your files, your files can just explode easily. Everybody's creating drafts and things are going everywhere. So, you know, we kept the information architecture of our company very nice and tidy so that things were everywhere. Um, You know, so it was just somebody behind the scenes just organizing and cleaning, like a little Wally. I don't know if people have seen the movie WALL-E. So I was like a little WALL-E like cleaning up after, you know, uh, yeah, when somebody leaves the meeting room, you know, you're like making sure the meeting notes get organized and put somewhere and and that kind of a thing. So I think that that kind of a role in a team, because we had office managers in the real world, in the in-person world. But when we go remote, that position sort of falls to the wayside. But I think that there's really a role for that.
0: Yeah, we definitely still need that That. Helper, facilitator, tying up all the loose ends. Yeah, just yeah. sort of
1: from the meta perspective, right? You want to like the bird's eye view. You want to be able to look down and sort of see it from a workflow architecture perspective, in some ways.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So that right there is a, is some advice. The metrics. Uh, this is this is good advice for people who want to replicate the success of the Happy Melody team. What what other advice do you have for people to be able to replicate that team's goodness?
1: So. Um, one is, uh, okay, metrics, we talked about that. Coaching, we talked about that. I would say regular feedback loops is critical. I mean, it's critical. Agile teams know this, and I can imagine a large portion of your audience are agile-related people. Um, so regular feedback loops, and then one-on-ones. They're really hard, and everybody's busy, but I, uh, I still like to make the case for one-on-one, just checking in. And seeing if people are okay, especially now after the pandemic, like a lot of people are not okay, like they're tired. And so it's just good to check in. And then another thing that one thing that came up for our team recently that I was really struck by was we started asking the question in one of the team meetings, what can we do to make our workday more pleasurable? And it was interesting. So one of the first thing that came up was that everybody hated the Monday morning meetings. And it was like, oh, all right, like, okay, it's not that they hated it, but we just weren't looking forward to them. And so somebody just said like, man, I love meeting with you guys, but Monday morning is rough. Like I just need a little bit more ramp up time. So we changed the Monday morning meetings to Tuesdays and that just like brought a lot of joy for the team. So I think what I liked about the question is what can we do to make our work more pleasurable was kind of a good one to pose to the team. It brought up some stuff. Some other stuff that was just like, oh, interesting. So that's the advice I would give is one regular feedback loops, but also like really specifically asking how to make it better and maybe putting it in terms that you might not normally use at work and make sure that it's appropriate because like pleasurable is an iffy word, right? Like it could go, it could go a number of ways. So I, I probably, but anyway, but that's, that's what we use. I was so as I'm not trying to be inappropriate on the podcast, That's what we use. We were trying to make our work days more pleasurable. And then the, so the other thing that I like about the one-on-ones that I want to go back to is that um, connection on teams and team building. And what I always say with remote, because everybody's struggling with team building with remote. And uh, what I always say is connection happens when we pay attention to each other. So with remote and virtual, we just need to find some ways to pay attention to each other, right? Like touch points. Maybe it's an icebreaker. Maybe it's a Slack channel. Maybe it's the one-on-one. Maybe it's the virtual coffee, you know, whatever it is, uh, finding ways to really just like take note of something that uh, about your colleagues so that you can connect with them because everybody's we're becoming so transactional and efficient online, that we're kind of forgetting to, you know. Everybody complains, like at the office, the thing that everybody likes best is the spontaneity, and we just don't have it online, unless you're in some sort of virtual office or virtual world or something. But yeah, yeah, we just don't yeah. have it.
0: I, and I, I get this from from this the Slack group that uh, the, the virtual team talk Slack group. I, I get a little bit of this. My 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 little company is so small that I don't get much of it with my little company. It's me and a couple of part timers, and we get a little bit of it. But it's like. Hey, look! It's uh, it's my doggy, and yeah. somebody hearts or happy faces the message. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally.
0: Okay, somebody acknowledged me. That's all it takes, and I feel better.
1: <laughs> For me, you know, virtual team talk is really enough. I'm I'm one of those. It's going to sound really odd again. but I'm one of those rare people. Like I don't need the team building on the team. I've got a really vibrant social community. Like I I don't need to. Yeah, and I'm also – I'm not – oh, it sounds very odd. I'm not. It's not that I'm not a people person, but I'm really an introvert uh, at the core. So I could spend weeks alone, no problem, and not speak to a single soul and not be affected at all. That would be fine by me. But, uh, but yeah, so the team building I always struggle with because I have to do it from another person's perspective. I can't relate to it.
0: Yeah, 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 it's funny. Like all I need is this microphone, this camera. And my green screen yeah, and everything will be okay. (laughs)
1: And my computer because that's where all my friends live. No, (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, you know, I've really built a vibrant (laughs) social (laughs) life in 3D around me. um, And I did that on purpose because I didn't want to rely on, because I'm, you know, I already spend my whole life online. So.
0: Yep. I had a question about one of the things you mentioned was one-on-ones. I want to know more about that. When I think of one-on-ones, it's, the boss meeting with that person and then the boss meeting with that person and the boss meeting with that person. The boss is the the hub of these one-on-ones and that person, that person, that person, they're not necessarily talking to each other so much. Everything is going through the boss. What do you mean when you say one-on-ones?
1: You know, it's similar, but I, and then I should, let me, I want to write one more thing down because I want to mention something that that solves this. I had the experience um, years ago, like 12 years ago now, where the, I was working for a company in California and I was in the Netherlands and my boss in that company, he used to call me on his way to work. He would like, he would, would go to work really early to beat traffic. So at 6.30 in the morning, his time, 3.30 in the afternoon, my time, I'd get a call and he's like, Hey, I'm on the road, just checking in, seeing if you need anything or if anything's happened. And some days it'd be like, Nope, boss, I'm good. Everything's good. I just, I'm in flow. I'll keep going. And other days it'd be like, Oh yeah, I just had that client on the line. I want to just ask you, Rose, you know, since you call, I'll just ask you really quick about the client. And, uh, so for me, the one-on-ones were always very informal. It was always like, Hey, I'm just calling to check in, like everything. Okay. Need anything. So that was my experience. And so these formal one-on-ones sound terrible, right? Like where you're like going into the office and everybody's (laughs) like, are you okay? And you're like, fine, totally fine. Done nothing to see here. (laughs)
0: There's a queue of people outside the boss's office waiting for their turn.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, God, no, please don't fire me. You know, one yeah. of the other things that we did at Happy Melly, which was which was actually different than anywhere else that I've ever worked, is we used the merit money system. That was one of the experiments that Jürgen ran on us was the merit money. And it actually took us years to get merit money set up. And it started uh, with... Hugs. Jurgen always had a, a name, a different name for everything. Like our meetings weren't meetings, they were huddles. And uh, instead of points, we would give each other hugs. I hated hugs. I'm not a touchy-feely person like that. So I was just like, oh, I don't want to keep your hugs to yourself. <laughs> so but we would give each other hugs. It's not motivating me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not motivated, exactly, <laughs> Anyway, so they turned into stars and then they just became points eventually. Um, but what we ended up with is a system after lots of iteration of every month, each person had 100 points that they could give out to anybody on the team and you could give it for any reason. And we used a tool called um, Bonusly, but there's many, many tools. You could also just use a spreadsheet, right? Um And you would use this tool to then anytime somebody did something that was great, or you liked, or you just wanted to show appreciation, you would give them points uh, up to 100 in a month. And if you didn't use their points, you you would get rid of them. And uh, what it ended up doing was provided a continuous feedback loop from every member on the team, not just from the manager down, about how you were doing on a month-by-month basis. So it's not like the person who collected the most points was the best, but it was more that um, you were motivated to work out loud so that people knew what you were doing so that they understood how you were contributing on the team. So it wasn't like any system can be gamed. And so we were really careful to try to set this up so that it didn't game the system. Um, and, then, and, and of course, you know, you have to have the value structure on the team to be able to do that. But what it did end up show is over the months, everybody would get this continuous feedback of like, yeah, through the merit money system. And it would sort of inspire a conversation about how we were doing. So I think, you know, what, like informal one-on-ones instead of these formal things, oh God, these must be awful. Um, and then some sort of continuous feedback program, so that you get three hundred and sixty degree feedback from the team, not just top down. Cause what happens if you have a manager that hates you? I had a job like that once. I I mean, I didn't like him and he didn't like me, and it was just like not gonna change, you know? So a one on one with him would be no fun at all for either of us. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, that was a long answer. I'm sorry.
0: No, it's perfect. That's perfect. Um, let's see, we've, we've, we've got a lot of concrete behaviors that you did with the Happy Melly group. Um, and any other advice for listeners and viewers?
1: Uh, one thing I was thinking about, uh, I used to do way back in the day, I would build private social networks for companies, which was basically, we would build like a private face. So it wasn't Facebook, but it was like Facebook, but a private environment for companies in order to network and and share information. And so I was really studying uh, what makes community? What are the components of community? And so there's, you know, there's a lot of different things. But one of the things I learned from that study was that you can't build the magic team. And I know that sounds weird, but what I what I mean by that is you can build the conditions for the team to happen, for the team to emerge, but you can't just say like, oh, just because I get put these five brilliant rock stars in place that they're going to perform well together, right? Like you can make the, you put the conditions in place for the tea and so that the likelihood of success increases, right? Like if you're trying to lose weight sitting on the couch and eating potato chips, even if you eat less potato chips than usual, like you might lose a little bit of weight at first, but you're still going to have to like, you know, you'll increase the likelihood of success of losing weight if you go for a walk or a jog you know, and eat an apple instead of the potato chips. So it's not going to guarantee anything, but you will increase the likelihood, right? So that's, that's, that's what I think. So we want to build the conditions to happen because it's part architecture, part luck and part magic, you know? So it's like, I studied, I've watched hundreds of rockumentaries, which are documentaries about rock bands of like, I just, I'm a, I'm a crazy fan for rockumentaries, but in all of them that you see that, the, you know, each one of those bands is a team, And that it's kind of some of those bands, it's pure magic the way that they got together, like Depeche Mode or, you know, it's just like random, these kids that knew each other when they were like 12 years old, you know, that like ended up being together the whole life. Just these magic situations that form great bands. So it's a, yeah, I would say people are really focused on building the team, but I would say actually you should be more focused on building the conditions that the team will be working in. Okay. That's my last advice.
0: Now that That's so cool. Build the conditions that the team could work. Yeah, in. increase yeah.
1: your likelihood of success. You know, put every...
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I think for every of, team of, it's of...
1: different. Yeah. Sorry.
0: For sure. No, yeah, yeah. This is great. This is great. Uh, is there anything else you want to add?
1: No, I think I've talked everybody's ear off <laughs> already today. I, I got really, it's like the end of the day for me. I'm really rambly.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's a podcast. That's what they're
1: here for. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but you want to sort of, you know, the noise uh, to ramble ratio should be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's so much more I want to know. I'm going to ask you about Rockymentaries after we stop recording. Maybe we'll have a bonus episode about that. Who knows? Uh, if, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, is there a way they can do that?
1: Yeah, I would say CollaborationSuperpowers.com. You'll see everything about all the facilitators in the program, but if you look for me, I'm, I'm there for sure. I live online, so if you're heard. online, we can see we'll meet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Perfect, perfect, perfect Lizette, thanks so much for joining us today This has been awesome
1: Thanks, it's been a real pleasure being here Thanks for inviting me
0: My pleasure And remember viewers and listeners To support this podcast Visit my website, KazBierowski.com